today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. can be so involved in religion because it seems the very thing to do. It seems to be the need within our lives to get involved with religion. But by and large, the vast number of religions are simply man's feeble efforts to fill his life with meaning and purpose, and they are missing out on the one and the true God because the vast majority of them are about man's efforts and man's work. They're missing the one who said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Are you seeking the living amongst the dead? Are you looking for spiritual peace and joy through following a set of rules and guidelines? Is it working? It probably did for a while, but eventually you'll fail, and you'll convince yourself that God can't love a failure. As Pastor David teaches in today's message, practicing religion doesn't bring joy or peace. We can't earn our way into God's favor. Jesus Christ alone can offer us redemption through accepting His free gift of salvation. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Hope in the Midst of Despair. Now here we have just one angel coming down. Other uh, gospel accounts say that there were two angels, but one or two. These Roman guards were literally frightened to death. They collapsed. They fainted. They fell on the ground. Can you imagine if it had been a whole legion or a thousand angels that had come down? I'm sure that there was a lot of angels up in heaven that said, let me go, Father. Let me go. Let me go down there. Let me go down there. But he only sent two. So let's go back to the women. They came with great expectation. They expected the Lord Jesus to be dead, to still be in the tomb. They came with their hearts filled, but it was filled with sadness and filled with despair. They, they had lost all hope. You've got to understand this. You've got to put yourself pre-resurrection. They came troubled and they came with doubt. Who's going to roll the stone away? But God met them on every level, and then he blows the doors off, or he actually rolled the stone away. As they came to the area, the guards, they were, they were already gone. We, we don't read that when the women got there that any of the guards still remained there. After I believe that after waking up from their fainting spell, they, they certainly looked up. They saw the stone had been rolled away. They saw that somebody had come in and they, the, the dead body of that Jewish rabbi from Nazareth was no longer there. Perhaps the angel was still there. What could they do now? What was the reason even to hang out and to stay at this point in time? And again, we look back at Matthew. And in Matthew 28, he shares with us that some of the guards came into the city and they reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. And the elders consulted together they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and they told them 
tell everybody that his disciples came in the middle of the night and stole his body while you Roman soldiers were sleeping. Now, if you know anything about Roman soldiers, you know if they are on duty, that is their life. And if they fell asleep on duty, oh no, you don't get KP for a month. It's probably your very life execution. Why? Because that's your responsibility as a Roman soldier. They, they, the, the elders told them, if this comes to the governor's ear, oh, we'll appease him. We'll, we'll make you secure. I don't know if I would have trusted those guys at that point in time. Well, they did take the money. I wonder how much money that was. They took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews even until this day. But let's stop and think about this. How, how ridiculous that was. Trained Roman soldiers either tricked while they were asleep or attacked and defeated by a bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, and zealots. In reality, it would have been absolute bloodshed, but it would have been the disciples who would have been shedding the blood. They would have been the ones on the losing side. But that was the story that the soldiers had. That's their story. They were sticking to it for their own life. They did not change their story. So let's go back again to Luke and to the women. Now here they are, the, the empty tomb with a stone rolled away. Luke tells us that they were greatly perplexed and, and it's going to get stranger before it gets any clearer because very soon two angels are going to explain everything to them. Look at verse 4. In verse 4 it says, And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Beloved, that really is the big question. That's the question not only for the women there at the tomb on that early Sunday morning, but that's the question for you and I. That is the question for all of humanity. Why do we seek the living among the dead? Can you agree with me that, that the world has a great way of continually duping us, of, of deceiving us, of tricking us, of pulling us into things that are not true? Why, I found out just this week that if I bought that one car that cost about $70,000 from what I understand, I'm going to be like the coolest guy in the universe. And I can even drive on water, okay? So, I mean, you know, so I, I, I mean, that's what they say. If I had whiter and brighter teeth, I'd have a lot more friends. <laughs> Definitely, if I had better breath, I'd have more friends. <laughs> the world has all of these things that get you looking for the bigger, the better, the fatter, in order that you might be pleased, in order that you might find happiness, that you might find completeness. But the problem is, folks... You're looking for the living among the things that are really dead. Things that do not bring life, do not bring completeness. The world continually calls for us to look for life, to look for joy, to look for peace, to look for contentment from the things of this world. But beloved, aren't we really just looking for the living among the dead? The things of this world bring temporary pleasure at best and at worst. And in the end, 
It brings death. That's all that it can bring. Do you realize that God has designed you, yes, you, each and every one of us, God has designed us in such a way that we will never find full and lasting completeness in the things of this world. We can have all the money of this world, all the fame of this world has to offer. We can have all the power that we can grab in this world. And we will still end up absolutely empty. Absolutely empty. With no true fullness, no true completeness, and no true peace. You may try to fill the void of your life with the things that this world has to offer, but your satisfaction is only going to last for a moment at best. Security and peace may seem to be within your reach, but you'll soon find out that in this world there is nothing secure and true peace only comes from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. We look at the world scene today and we realize that we are just a button touch away from absolute world war that's going on right now. Things, the, 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 the political Temperature within our world is, is, is sweltering. It's ready to explode at any moment. We've got crazies on every part of the world ready to push a lot of different buttons. And I believe that that could happen at any moment, at any time. This world is insecure. Some of you know because you've gotten over this last year, perhaps over this last month, or this last week a doctor's report, and there's nothing that they can give you that's going to be real secure for you. Nothing that really helps, nothing that really encourages. Some of you have gone through such turmoil this last year, perhaps even within your relationships, that you know that you're not going to find peace. You're not going to find completeness in a human relationship. Oh, they're good, they're, they're positive things, but our completeness, our wholeness, does not come about even through human relationships. All too often, happiness becomes the goal of man. But joy is the true need that's within our lives. Beloved, happiness can be obtained in a lot of ways. Happiness comes from getting a new puppy. Amen? For those of you that love dogs. Some of you might like, what's that other thing? Oh, cats, yes. Some of you like cats, okay? You might be saved. I'm not sure. <laughs> Happiness comes through a lot of ways. A beautiful sunset. Happiness can come through good food. And believe me, I'm happy a lot of times. <laughs> Happiness can come through the closeness of, of longtime friends. But And none of these things are bad. Except maybe the cats. But <laughs> none of these things truly are bad. I've just offended half the congregation. I understand that. I'm glad we took the offering first. So. <laughs> None of these things are bad, but beloved, you've got to realize that happiness is only for a season. Happiness only lasts for, for a, a short period of time until that sunset actually ushers in darkness. Until that food goes sour within your stomach. Until those friends forsake us. Until that puppy makes a mess we don't even want to talk about. 
Happiness is only for a short season. Some try religion, and I, I don't know if you know or not, but religion is very popular in our world. The, the vast, vast majority of people within our world fall into one of several religious groups. Roman Catholic, Protestant, Islamic, Jewish, Hindu, Eastern Orthodox, Buddhist, Taoist, Shinto. All of those. Then there's a host of other Native American, Eastern and Asian religion. People can be so involved in religion because it seems the very thing to do. It seems to be the need within our lives to get involved with religion. But by and large, the vast number of religions are simply man's feeble efforts to fill his life with meaning and purpose, and they are missing out on the one and the true God because the vast majority of them are about man's efforts and man's work. They're missing the one who said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. Even so, as they seek for these things, we find out that, yes, even religion can be dead. Are you seeking the living among the dead? In the latter years of the 4th century, man who would later become known as Augustine or Augustine, the, the bishop of Hippo, came to fully understand that the things of this world were so absolutely empty. Throughout his earlier years, he wasted those years in search of every kind of enjoyment that this world and the flesh had to offer. He searched for life among the dead things of this world. He tried to fill his life with every vice and every vile thing he could imagine. He finally recognized the emptiness of it all and he came to a point in his life of full surrender and full obedience to God. In his autobiography, simply titled Confessions, of Augustine. He speaks of his own personal spiritual journey. On the very first page, as a matter of fact, the third sentence in the entire book, he writes this statement. Let this sink in. He writes, Lord, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. About 1300 years later, Blaise Pascal, in speaking of the same emptiness that's offered by the things that the world gives to us, he wrote, What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and a trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him. Seeking in things that are not there, the help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and unchangeable object. In other words, by God himself. The very first point in the Westminster Catechism declares man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You think they just pulled that out of the air? No, they know what is the case and the core of humanity. 
That we need to make a connection with the one and true and living God because everything else leads to emptiness and everything else leads to death. But only when we find our way in connection and in relationship with the one true living God do we truly find life within ourselves. Do we truly find hope within ourselves. Do we truly find the peace that passes all understanding and the joy that is inexplainable that the world can't give us, but only He can. In our humanity, we're destined to search and to strive, to seek out a completeness for our lives, to find that hope. But most travel this life in despair. This void or hole in our lives was designed by God purposed by God and can only be filled with the living God and only through a surrendered life to the resurrected and the living Christ. This God-shaped void, it can't be filled by any other thing than a spiritual relationship with the one who gave his life in payment for our sin and was raised back to life again. For man to seek life and the things that bring death is foolish at best, and at the end it brings about our own condemnation. As those women came to that tomb that early Sunday morning, they came with the expectation that all hope was gone. They came with the expectation that the body of their master, the one who they had hoped to be their savior, was already beginning the rotting process and would soon join the ranks of every other religious leader and every other spiritual director that had ever lived before and had ever lived since. They came with emptiness within their lives, and that's why the angel told them, why are you looking for the living among the things that are dead? They came with the reality They knew for certain. They had been there. They saw him hanging on the cross. They saw the nails being driven in his hands. They saw the the spear that pierced his side. They knew without a doubt that Jesus was dead. And yet the angels explained to them in verse 5. As the angel said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified and the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. He had told them over and over and over so many times. We look at the gospel reports, and I haven't counted the number of times, but multiple times Jesus had shared with his followers, those that were closest to him, listen, we're going to Jerusalem. And when I get there, you need to understand, I'm going to be betrayed. They're they're going to come and they're going to arrest me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, Lord, who's going to be next to you in your kingdom? It's like right over their heads. No, no, you, you, you don't understand. I'm going to be betrayed and they're going to put me on trial. They're going to crucify me. Oh, yes, Lord, we understand. But which one of us do you think is the greatest, Lord? Because you see, mankind, by and large, 
We're all about ourselves. We're all about ourselves. Our weaknesses, our sorrows, our pain, the issues that go through our life. And we become the major focus. We become so turned inward that we so often fail to turn outward and look upward to the risen one. He's not here. He's risen. Don't you remember what he said when he said when he was still in Galilee? Don't you remember what he said? He was going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He would be crucified, but he would rise again on that third day. Then they returned from the tomb. They told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. You know what that tells me? Not only were they excited about it, and I know that we could go into other gospel records and we could see how Mary met him, particularly on her own, and the other events that had come as, as Peter and John ran to the tomb after they, after the women had shared with them that he was risen, that he was no longer uh, there. But we need to understand that one of the things that these women did when they understood, when they realized that the Lord was risen from the dead, they could not keep it within themselves. They had to go and tell the others, no, he is not dead. He is risen from the dead. It's just like the shepherds that again saw that angelic uh, 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 host there on the hills outside of Bethlehem that when they went in and they saw the baby Jesus, what does the word say? They went out and they began to tell everyone about it. Beloved, the reason you and I are brought into the kingdom of God, the reason that Christ died for you and I, yes, to save our eternal souls. There is no doubt about that. But also that you and I might be the proclaimers of the truth of that message to a lost and dying world. I want to tell you, Christ did not save you in order that you might get a good seat in a church someplace. I know that that might be news to some. But he saved you purposefully. That you, your life, your message might be the proclamation of the truth. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. He is no longer rotting in a tomb. No, he is risen from the dead. I want to leave you with this. I'm not calling you to follow a dead religion honoring a dead follower. I'm calling you to enter into the presence of the living God, Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior of the world. Our Savior isn't a pile of decayed bones and flesh rotting away through the ages of time. I tell you this morning one thing for certain. You can search every tomb of every graveyard in every land in every place of this earth and the truth will continue to be shouted out by his absence. He is not here. He is risen. He is alive. He is living and he offers life and forgiveness to all that would call upon him, all that would surrender their lives to him. hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, 
we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We meet Saturday evenings and twice on Sunday morning, as well as throughout the week. For more information about when we meet for worship, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God richly bless you.